We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 183. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And I'm Shara. And this is the Hurricane Ida edition. I mean, uh, normally we, you know, start the start the podcast with other stuff and uh, whatever. She's but kind uh, of consume the news. Hur- yeah, Hurricane Ida, this was a biggie. And, uh, you know, I, a lot of people are comparing her to Katrina. They shouldn't do that. All storms are different. Uh, the only thing that's similar in in Ida and Katrina are they they both moved into Louisiana. Other than that, they're completely different storms. On the same day. On the same and day. And on the same that's day. That's why they're comparing because it happened freaky. on the same day. That is so freaky to me. August 29th. I mean, I don't know what time Katrina hit, but it was basically. I have to look that it, up. Well, it. Uh, I was reading, I've got a whole bunch of stuff here. Oh, I've got too many things open. Uh, huh. uh, landfall was, okay, hang on. Uh, hello? My computer's slow. Oh, uh, 1155. Uh, they said, uh, the National Weather Hurricane Center said, uh, in a way, a Doppler radar imagery indicated that the eye of Ida made landfall. Now, i got to precedent this. This is the first landfall. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, the southeastern coast of Louisiana near Port <coughs> Fourchon. I guess Fourchon. You bet. Yeah. I, I've been listening to I'm the Weather Channel. I'm looking at it, so I'll believe you. Yeah, it looks like Fourchon. Around 1155, uh, as a very strong Category 4 hurricane. So uh, it was winds, uh, max winds of 150 miles per hour. Which and, tied yes. for the strongest hurricane in the state's history. Ah, there you go. Make sure you're not stepping on my facts. Oh no, I wouldn't do that. No, well, you know. <laughs> because I have no idea what they are. <laughs> we we didn't we didn't include Corey on all this, <laughs> did we? So, no, that's fine. Well, if he if he says one of your facts and just cross it off, whatever. But, um, <laughs> but I'm no. saying I'm sure I can say it so much more fun. For eloquently, there you go. Uh, no, but uh, just to give a perspective. If a uh, hurricane reaches maximum sustained winds of 155 mile per hour, that is a Category 5 hurricane. The strongest on the Saffir-Simpson scale. Uh, we've had, I mean, that, that just changes over. I mean, 5 mile per hour really isn't going to make that much difference. It just changes the, the, the category classification on that thing. So uh, a very strong Category 4, almost a Category 5 uh, slammed into for, port, port Forshawn, F-O-U-R-C-H-O-N, Forshawn. Um, it's probably like something really funky because all those French words. Yeah, yeah, French and Cajun, man. That, that's you get, I, I love to hear those Cajun guys talk. I mean, do you remember that? What was it? That Not Duck Dynasty, or was it Duck Dynasty? They are in Louisiana, but they're just hicks. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can understand them. But, but there was some show that was on 
maybe it was that or whatever. They, they were they're on there on the bayou, and they. T- I just love listening to them talk. I just remember going to Louisiana early in our marriage to visit my sister, who was her husband was in college down there, and we were lost, and we pulled over to a gas station because this was before GPS and iPhones and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. and asked a guy, and I have no idea what he said to me. <laughs> it sounded like he called me a few choice names, but no, he was just giving me instructions and naming the streets, and I was like... They didn't, I mean, yeah. The the way the streets are spelled on the signs is not even <laughs> close to how they say them, and they just run it all together so fast. Blah. Oh, yeah, and they're really good at it, too. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing on Duck Dynasty or whatever that show was. That Karen used to watch that. They they would always put subtitles on there because, like you do in a foreign film, because right? she was like, I can't understand what they're saying. Uh, but a little uh, something I heard that on the Weather Channel, they were getting uh, information, little facts in the wind. They recorded a wind gust at Port Fourchon when that thing came through of one hundred seventy-two mile per hour. Did they lose any radars? That'll blow you down. You know, oddly, I think all of their radars are still going. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because last year they lost Lake Charles. Yeah, and for it, a long time. It took time. a while to get back up. I used to work with a guy that was from Lake Charles. Okay. It was just funny because I that, like he, talking about people running their words. He'd be like, "You'd ask him, be like, I'm Lake Charles.' Oh yeah, Lake Charles. <laughs> like I don't know. You never could understand what he was saying. Like write it down. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and like that 172 mile per hour. That's what it did before the gauge broke. They said they said they recorded 172 and then the gauge so broke. So it probably so, got stronger. Yeah. Now we're talking gusts. We're not talking like the max sustained, right. but they were right in that eye wall coming through. And they also recorded, which I thought was interesting and have nothing to compare it to. Um, they recorded wave heights of 37 and three quarter feet in the Gulf from uh, 37. Wow. That's almost four stories. Like a story is 10 feet tall. Can you imagine being on like a a, a boat, like a, a cruise liner, and going and up and down four stories? Four like, stories. oh my god! Or in god. a building. I mean, if you're on the fourth floor of a building, you think you're safe, and you got waves crashing up against you. Or one of those. Oh. Well, we're talking the middle shore oil derricks. Oh, they have right. Out there. That's oh, right. I've seen them to where they're crashing up on top of those. They things. had they had to get those off of there. They had to. That that was just insane. Uh, yeah. So they did that. Um, Something that's very interesting that happened. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this. You've been at work, Corey. You may have heard some of this, too. Um, Very strong hurricanes go through this process called an eyewall replacement cycle. I read all about those today. Yeah. Aren't they cool? I mean, it's it's fascinating. I'm thinking it was Katrina that I read about that did this. Possibly. All the big ones. They all do it. Yeah. If they're major, if they're like up there, especially... Cat four or five, maybe they do it at three. I don't know, but very you know strong cat four and five. Well, you don't really get a good eye until three, basically. Yeah, until so. you really get going. But but basically, it's it, it's weird. It was a be- very long process, and it lost me. Oh, okay. I didn't understand it. <laughs> it got geeky, didn't it? It did. Okay, well, well, let me try to big words. try to <laughs> try to put it in a more layman's term. But basically, you get something that strong going in a circle. Eventually. If it keeps getting stronger, it will feed on itself. In other words, the eye will continue to get tighter and tighter. Well, what happens is it goes through a replacement cycle, which a secondary outer wall will start to form. And then because the hurricane is getting stronger and stronger, but what that does, it robs the energy of the inner core 
that inner wall. So the inner wall starts kind of breaking down and the outer wall keeps getting stronger. And it, it's this cycle. I think that it lasts like 12 hours or something. I mean, it lasts a while. Six, 12 hours. I don't think it actually has a time frame. Okay. Just kind of different it. every time. Okay. Yeah. I guess depending on the strength, right. I guess, or whatever. Yeah. So the pressure. And, and a, a long time ago that they, I remember them discovering, uh, I remember this vividly, Corey. It was so bizarre. What they would say, say, now that that hurricane was so strong, it has two eye walls. Now we're talking 80s and 90s when they were looking at this because they mm. didn't understand what was going on. They didn't have, you know, the one the, was dying. And yeah, the go go 16, born. 17, infrared, and all this kind of satellite stuff, and actually radar is actually seeing what's going on. But that's what's happening. They figured out that's what's happening. Yes, it did have two eyes, but they didn't know why. And so it wasn't till later when they could actually see what was going on that they get that eye wall replacement. Um, and I bring this up for a very specific reason. Right before Ida moved on shore, this thing started going through a replacement eye replacement cycle. Now, here's the pros and cons. Okay, the pro is when it does that, it temporarily stops the hurricane from getting stronger because it's feeding on its own energy, trying to create that second eye wall. So at least it didn't get any stronger. And that's the reason it didn't get to 155 mile per hour. They were thinking it might get to a Cat 5 and just keep strengthening because that thing bombed. It got out into the Gulf and it just, and we knew it. We watched it. We even said it. It just bombed. Bombogenesis just exploded with, you know, what is it, like a Cat 1 to a Cat 4 in like 24 hours or something? Oh, yeah. It was pretty crazy. Or, or quick. Well, even from a tropical storm to a Cat 4, it was fast, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what we're seeing nowadays. Unfortunately, we're, this bombogenesis is just really taking off. So the, it, so the, the, the bad part about that is... Once the secondary or the outer eye wall starts forming, it causes the eye wall to expand. Okay, so you're not getting this one area of an eye wall. You're getting this inner area and a new outer area that's starting to really ramp up. So when it moves on shore, what's happening is you you get a much greater area of destruction and high hurricane force winds. So... The good thing is it won't get any stronger while it's going through the ERC, but once it once it moves on, it's wider, and that's why we had a lot of um, a lot of flooding, a lot of damage. No power, maybe for a week in New Orleans. Well, did they say over a million or something? I mean, the whole city. The whole, I have most actually of the state. several friends that live in yeah. the yeah. southern yeah. half of the and state, and they've all wow. been posting. Really, a lot of them have been posting. Uh, if anybody knows where they can find groceries and gas. And I mean, like they've moved away from the storm area, but now there's no supplies anywhere. Well, well, where did they move? That's a thing. Northern Louisiana. I mean, most of well, see, that would make everybody else. Yeah. I mean, they just went, they just went wherever they just went north. Oh, I see. Everybody else went there. So they bought everything out. Gotcha. I don't know if I, I don't know about y'all, but. If it's coming in Louisiana and then gun turn, going to turn north, I would probably go into Texas. I would go like kind of westish. <laughs> More I mean, than... Texas gets hit sometimes too, though. No, no, so. I mean, but I mean, if you're escaping the storm coming oh, up yeah. in Louisiana, I, I would not I'd go to, to northern Louisiana. I'd go all the way to Arkansas or up into Missouri. <laughs> Just yeah. Keep going north. I don't know. I mean, do you think that'd make any difference? I wouldn't go anywhere. 
Oh, well, no, would Corey too. would. Well, <laughs> let me tell. I tell you, you would too. You would not sit <laughs> if it there were and Florida, wait it out. Georgia, the Carolinas. I wouldn't go anywhere. Really? If I was in New Orleans, I would go somewhere. Is there below sea level? It's different there. Well, isn't it Biloxi below, or it's really close? Oh well, yeah, but yeah, all, that whole area right there is pretty bad. Well, I think we covered this a long time ago in the podcast. I would stay and would love to stay if it's a tropical storm. Yeah, if it's a tropical you just storm, get a lot of rain. I'm good. Get some wind. Gets like 65, maybe 70. Well, what if it turns into a hurricane? You don't have time to leave. Well, I know, but see, we have high power, intelligent well, know, it, radar. It, you know, we, we weren't even. We didn't even have this on the uh, our future radar scope, or I'm just calling it that. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have it on the radar last week at this time for the podcast. This thing didn't oh, even show up until two or three days, you know, after we recorded last week. Yeah. Now we talked about it, and it hit pretty it was, quick. But it wasn't. It was it uh, uh, like number nine or something, TD nine or right. Yeah, it wasn't even named at that point. So I had made the comment before of, you know, we get tornadoes around here and we get very little warning. You know, and I was like, you know, hurricanes, they get a week most of the time, you know, plenty of time to pack up and leave. But then I got to thinking about how many people in places like that down there, like they don't have cars. They use public transportation to get to and from or they walk. Yeah. Or they don't have the funds to just pack up and go stay in a hotel somewhere for who knows how long i'd have some kind of a hurricane fund right and that's so i mean like it i get it i get why some people are stuck they don't have a way to leave excellent point right i mean it's like does the government have city buses or or things in place to get people out all they do is have shelters ready it's like you know if you can't go anywhere we, we open these shelters and you know sometimes that's not enough but you know, because people have pets. I mean, I am not a pet person. I mean, I don't mind. I mean, I like dogs, cats. I hate cats. Okay, don't send letters. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. I don't I'm like write cats. Complaints but complaints, <laughs> too. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but people, some people, I get it. I'm not, like, chastising. Some people will not leave their pets. Right. And if they go, if there's a shelter that says, they I'm sorry, we don't. pets. No, they will stay in their house. And it's like, oh, you know, I mean. There needs to be, like, this half of the shelter is for people with pets, and this half of the shelter is people without pets. For well, those who can't be around pets, there's people who have allergies and literally exactly. can't be around pets. So Exactly. I mean, if I'm around, and cats love me. I go to go to places where people have cats, well, immediately the cat goes, it's hey! It's the same thing with dogs with me. They sense <laughs> oh, that you don't like yes, them. Yes, yes. I don't, not that I don't like dogs. I love right. to look at dogs, but I'm but not a dog person. A dog person. Oh, like, wow. I don't really want them up close to me touching me licking me and like every friend i've ever had <laughs> has a dog and as soon as i walk in the door they're my best friend and they want to go everywhere i go and hang around my feet and lick me and i of course like they just know that you, how do they know they know that you're I, my, my friend marilyn they're I so mean, smart and i get it i know they're smart yeah I, my friend marilyn, marilyn got a cat and it's course you know i if, if the cat stays away i'm okay it's it's a it's a contact allergy i mean i'm not gonna go into shock or nothing but but I said, don't worry about it. I brought her something. I stood over there, and immediately the cat's like, hey, how you doing? You know, and I was like, not trying to. Well, yeah. We had a dog at one point. We oh, went and got the kids a dog without oh. really consulting me. Uh-oh. And it was cute. It was a little Yorkie. And, you know, the thing was the kids oh, wanted a it, begged for oh, it. They wanted to take God. care of it. 
And, you know, they wanted it to sleep in their bed and all. Who did the dang dog attach to? You. Me. Of course. Me, the one that didn't want anything to do with the dog. <laughs> he was on my lap. He slept next to me on my of bed. Course. And he became my best friend. Of and course. didn't leave my side ever. <laughs> well, Karen loved dogs. I mean, and, and that's okay. Like I said, I'm okay with dogs. You know, I just wish Karen was healthy enough to take care of it because I didn't. Right. You know, I don't want to take care of it. That was the thing was the kids weren't taking care of it. I ended up having to be the one taking it out. And yes. And then the dog goes away and everybody's happy. Like, I love seeing relationships of dogs with people. Like, I love that. I think that's the greatest thing. It is and they're cool. super smart. It is cool. I'm just not. They make me uncomfortable. Yeah. No, that's totally cool. So yeah. they got, you know. Place has got 15, locally 20 inches of rain down there. Oh, you know, I was wondering. You got a map or info? I, I just have some articles. I Good. don't have an actual map. Okay. Yeah, what's going on? Washington there? Post is uh, reporting uh, a, most of the area saw over seven inches, you know, in, in southern Louisiana into Mississippi and even Alabama. But the average was 10, and then local you know, areas saw 15 to 20, which is understandable. 15 to 20. Can you imagine that? Yeah. That's shy of two feet of rain. Jeez. And how many, in what time frame? Like how much, how fast did they get all that rain? Like, I don't know. like in, well, the, the storm hung out there. That See, that's the problem that the storm was going and barreled and right before it hit land, it started slowing down. And then start kind of turning north, and then it's like, you know, like like when we turn corners, you know, you can't make the the corner at, at fifty miles an hour. You got to slow down and go, okay. And that's kind of what that storm is doing. Which I think that nature does that same thing. So some of the heaviest rain fell along the west side of Lake Pontchartrain. Oh, you know, I know they have zero electricity down there, mm-hmm. and I I think I saw somewhere where they were saying the sewer pipes don't work. But the the pumps have generators. Uh, some something happened. I, I I saw it on TV or something. It's like they something happened that with with the sewer because you know people still have to function. You know you have to drink and you have to eat and then you have byproducts of that. So if there's no electricity, there's nothing to take care of that. But uh, some the sump pumps that's that's getting water out of the neighborhoods they are generator driven. So those. I think they said 90% of those are going or, or something like that. Not all of them, but getting that out of there so they can try to get electricity Well, the back. storm itself, I mean, it killed a few people, a couple at least. You know, nothing like Katrina, but of course, a lot of the deaths came later in Katrina with the flooding and all that. And the, But the one thing they're concerned about in New Orleans right now is since the city is without power, they're concerned that everybody's going to be using a generator and and you're going to have a few of those that are going to be post-storm deaths from carbon monoxide poisoning oh, from these generators. Not knowing things. how to do that's it. That's exactly what happened with Katrina, and they're concerned that it may happen again. And I, I think, and I agree, and, and I know they tried to tell people, if you're going to use a generator, you got to know how to use it. You don't put it in your garage. <laughs> you don't put it in your house. It's outside of your house, and that's what's going to help you keep your electricity. Yep. And so, oh. Wow. Yeah, I just I just wanted to hit that. It's been a big story and uh, kind of the first part of the podcast. But uh, I saw this, Corey. I've never seen this before. And I don't know if, if – I want to ask if you have ever heard of this before. The National Weather Service issued an extreme wind warning for Louisiana. Have you ever heard of an extreme wind warning before? Not 
in association with a hurricane. But okay, but you have. I want to say I've heard of one. Like a derecho type thing? No. No? Like in certain part of the Rocky Mountains, uh, you can have, I forget where it's at in Colorado, some phenomenon that causes the wind just to come off of the, out of, out off those mountains. I forget what it's called, but, but uh, okay, I've seen I think an I know extreme what you're wind warning there before. Extreme wind warning. Yeah. Wow. It'll blow you off the road. Oh gosh, yes. I mean, now this is different than and and then than a high wind warning, which it's extreme. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, ooh. ooh. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So what? <laughs> so I I did take a screenshot of the criteria that the National Weather Service in I get New Orleans, I guess, um, posted. So this is what they said. High, no, extreme wind warning. Widespread destructive winds of 115 to 150 mile per hour will spread across St. Bernard Parish, St. Charles Parish, Terrebonne Parish, Laforge Parish, uh, all these parishes, producing swaths of tornado-like damage. Take cover now. Treat these imminent extreme winds if a torna- as if a tornado was approaching and move immediately to the, to the safe room in your shelter. Take now to protect your life. So the yeah, so I mean, as this thing was moving on, <clears throat> excuse me, moving on shore, they issued this. That's what they were saying: widespread destructive winds of 150 okay. to 150. So I, I Google it, and the one in Colorado is called something totally different, but it's a still high wind. Extreme wind warning was not around until 2016, and it's always associated with a hurricane. Okay, all right, uh, That's 150 good. Mi- 115 miles plus, uh, wow, or greater. Uh, within wow. one hour due to a landfalling hurricane. Within one hour due to a landfalling hurricane. to me, that's a hurricane warning, you know. You're that's gonna... what I would think. Yeah. I, you know, I, that same thing went through my head. It's like, okay, they have a hurricane warning, so, duh. You know, it's right. not a tropical storm. It's a hurricane, which, uh, I, I mean, a hurricane. But, you know, in their defense, a hurricane could be 74 to or 75 to whatever miles per hour. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of bizarre. Uh, glad they did it. That's that's really interesting. Okay, let's stop talking about Hurricane Ida and let's get on to some local weather. How about those poppers, man? We've had some poppers today. Had a few. And yesterday. And yesterday. Yep. Which, you know, and people are thinking, oh, well, this is like related to Ida. No, it's not related to Ida. This is a boundary that has set up. Um that we're actually between two systems right now, and there's like a little corridor, uh, basically northeast to southwest through the area. And it's kind of funny if you watch radar. Yesterday, I watched radar within 20 minutes. Boom! <laughs> it's like all these scattered yep. stuff is just exploding across the area. Now that's basically along I-44. Yeah. Well, you never know whether they're going to be. Yeah, I until mean, they happen, they're pop. I mean, they're, they're poppers, yes, but these were a little bit more concentrated poppers. That, there was one. They they happened earlier this morning, before noon, or right before. Oh, right, that's I mean, right. Today, east of a couple counties, counties east east of Springfield, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of exploded all over the place. 
which is bizarre. And then they started flinging outflow boundaries all over the place, yeah. which was bizarre because I, I was watching it, and Springfield, uh, there was one north of Springfield, a, a, pack, a package of cells, I'll put it that way, and uh, they uh, generated an outflow boundary, went south to Springfield, and my mother, <laughs> she texted me and said, it's pouring right now. And I was like, what? Because I told her an OB was coming because we like OBs because it, you know, a, a OB, which is an outflow boundary, which lowers your temperature if you're close to it, about 10 to 15 degrees, and you get a nice breeze coming in. And But right behind it, sometimes these OBs can start generating additional thunderstorms depending on the environment that they're in. And that's kind of what they did Uh so I was told my mother, you know, go outside and enjoy the nice breeze. And all of a sudden, it just thunder and lightning. She said it for like a couple of hours, just lightning and thunder and boom. And uh, these cells just started flinging out all these outflow boundaries. And one of them was headed towards Branson. And we've had some cool clouds today. And I have to commend you. Um, the, that picture of that rainburst you took was incredible that's pretty cool incredible if you are listening to this podcast go back into you know go to our facebook page stormed our weather um not i mean you could go to the groups but go to our main page and search our photos Corey uploaded this he took the drone up today and it was just amazing i'm going to make that my new desktop picture on my computer yeah you didn't know that but well i think i told you i was going to do that anyway (laughs) Yeah, so uh, when I'm up there, I really have to be careful when a when a front when an OB's coming through because it's easy to lose the drone that way. But oh, didn't you say you had some warnings it, or something? It wasn't so bad. Well, I get those a lot. Oh, okay. some extreme wind warning because I'm way up high, you know, 400 feet off the ground. Mm. But uh, I was able to land it okay. I, I brought it down before it hit, so. So you weren't running the, the through, front through itself. The, 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 the outflow boundary itself kind of washed out before it got to Branson. Anyway. It did. You know why? No. Because thunderstorms to the east generate an outflow boundary right. hit to the west, right. and I saw it. Yeah. Like smack each other and just stop. It's like no, don't do that because I want to get this on the thing. Now I I did take a time lapse today, and Corey and Sharon and I just. Uh, Watched it right before we started the podcast, so I will be uploading that at some point. I'll put some music on it. It's not very long. Uh, I didn't think anything was going to happen today, so I didn't even start it till like 4 o'clock. But then Corey and I both were like, you know, these outflow boundaries are flying around all over the place. We need to start doing that. So I, I plopped a, a time lapse. So you'll be seeing that in the next couple of days. So search uh, search that. Cool. Um, we're, our temperatures are a slightly... Uh, see, I thought it's August at the end of August. I thought our high temp, our average high temperature was ninety. It's actually not. We are on our downslope now. I, I didn't know that. Tell. I can tell. I mean, the average. I di- I didn't know that. Well, yeah, but we're almost to September. Well, meteorological fall in two days. We are. Yes, and that's our weather school we're going to get to later. Uh, yeah, how these meteorological and astronomical seasons develop but uh our uh, springfield's actual average high for today is 87 degrees so hmm. yeah but our highs are going to be around 90 so we're going to be slightly above average for this whole week uh but we're but ida is going to be pulling out that's going to put us in a northeast flow and that's why everything was kind of going northeast to southwest and then that's going to kind of come over and 
and do stuff. So it's going to be great pool weather. Shara's going to be at the pool every single day this week, I know, right? You know it. Okay. <laughs> Corey's going to be working every single day. No. Wait, when are you off? You're off tomorrow, right? Nope. No. No? I have a date with my oldest son tomorrow. Oh, you're going out there tomorrow? Yes. To my place of business? Yes. Oh, really? He, he saw me uh, posting pictures and talking about my time with our third son the other day. The third son, yes. And uh-huh. he decided he needed alone time with mom as well. There you go. With the first son. With the first son. So well, the second son is away at college. He's away so. at college. But, you know, who knows? He may show up and want some alone time, too. But there you go. Well, he'll, he'll be here Friday. We're going to ride all the rides tomorrow. Well, you roller coaster because I'm just I'm going to stay here. Actually, I start back work. We've been on our, our uh, end, uh, end of summer break. Uh, a lot of shows in Branson. A lot of shows in Branson are on their break right yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, usually the middle of August to right, right around Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, uh, Parents are getting kids back to school. Everybody's going shopping. Uh, bus tours are down. I mean, we, it, that's t- typically what happens in Branson if you're not from this area uh, at the end of the summer. But once September rolls around, the kids go back to school. The bus tours start generating again. We start getting all these crowds. So in September, here we go. We're going to do that, which is good. So, okay, well, let's get to the next segment. It's tropical. I know we've been talking to uh, tropics a lot, but we've been focusing mainly on Ida. But uh, let's talk about other stuff that's going on in the tropics. So uh, Ida's churning in Mississippi and headed to the northeast. We'll be a depression and just leave. Uh, we have Tropical Storm Kate out in the middle of the Atlantic. I'm going to call Kate the drunken sailor again because she's just going to kind of go in a little circle and then eventually take off to the north again. Nothing to worry about. Yeah, now this one, I know we talked about what was the one that that hit the Northeast, H, the H. Henri. Henri, yeah. Yeah, we talked about that one becoming, you know, being the drunken sailor. But as time went on, some wind currents got caught up, and that one took a left turn a little bit and then went north and slammed into the Northeast. Now, Kate is not going to do that. Uh, Kate's just going to kind of meander out there and then head to the north, which is pretty much going to be Greenland and become extra tropical and really not, you know, going anything. But something that uh, Corey and I have also also been talking about, the Her- National Hurricane Center tagged a, a disturbance. Now, how they say it is over the far eastern tropical Atlantic, just off the coast of Africa. Now, that's today. Uh, it does bear watching the five-day uh, per, uh, per, percentage of development would be 90%. But I want to bring this up. I sent choreographic the other day. The National Hurricane Center had a five-day 80% when that thing wasn't even on the ocean yet. It was still on Africa. Mm-hmm. And I thought, we need to watch that one. There's definitely something out there now, though. Yeah. I'm looking at the... Oh, is it named yet? Or, I mean, no, is it an Invest? Invest. Uh, yeah, it is an Invest. <sighs> Yeah. Now, we're not saying that this is going to be devastating to the U.S. We don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's still on the coast of it's Africa. It's on the coast. It's not even in the ocean. Invest That's 90L. Insane. Winds at 30 miles per hour. So we'll probably have a tropical storm soon. Yeah, that thing is going to bomb. We know. Now, it is. I will well, say. Well, that, the, that's the oven over there for the big ones. Oh, 
Well, yeah, but isn't Cape Verde? I mean, it's it's pretty far south, don't you think? I mean, the Cape Verde is just a little. It's that little notch, you know, in, in Africa. It, it's I think it's a little south of there. But yeah, I mean, ocean waters are ripe. This is this is the time. Corey and I have both mm-hmm. been telling everybody about this. This is the time. End of end of August, September. We're going to get explosions, and we're at Kate. I yep. mean, uh, K. We're here. I'm curious of what we were last year at this time. Ooh. Well, just uh, we also went into the Greek alphabet in 2005, so you can compare that because Katrina hit the 29th at this time, oh. and they went all the way into the Greek alphabet. Okay, okay. I got to give you this because I did not even think about that. That makes total sense. See, that's why I like having you on the podcast, because uh, you're smart. Occasionally, he has good things to say. Well, you both do. See, I'm the idiot that just sits over here and rambles all the time. No, that's my job. Oh, okay. <laughs> you guys actually know what you're talking about. I'm just <laughs> throwing in words. Well, we use big words, though. <laughs> Some people think we know what we're talking about. Um, anyway, so that's going to bear watching a lot. So we're going to be talking about that a lot next week. Um, in the Pacific... This is something I thought was interesting. We had Hurricane Nora, which was raging out on, like, on the West uh, Mexican, just off the Mexican coast, and it was going to go up Baja. And- right up right up the the split where California is falling off into the ocean. Right. Baja, California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Baja, that little bay there, it was just going to go yeah. up, and they had depression and blah, blah. And then suddenly I looked today, nothing. It it died. You know, they thought maybe it would go up into Arizona or New Mexico, you know, yeah. become a monsoon. But did did no. it hit land? Did it go into land? Is that because land is going to kill it? It straddled land as a category one for hundreds of miles before it. Oh, uh, yeah, it was it was right on the 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 border basically. Oh, the, how the beach. weird! Yeah, because if that thing had stayed on water, it would have still been going. Yeah, which was weird because. <laughs> but yeah, once those things go on land and like, you know, I'm referencing audio again, but once it hits land, it took a while, but it it's decreased. It's just a depression now, which is 20, no, 18 hours, no, 18, 22 hours after it, it made landfall. Um, yeah, that happens. Other than that, there's really nothing in the Pacific, which I'm really surprised, unless something happened within the last two hours that I didn't see. Are you seeing anything? No. Okay. And then, of course, the... the uh, uh, Central Atlantic. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Ooh. Did puberty again? I think so. I'm going through my third puberty here. <laughs> but the Central Atlantic, which covers uh, Hawaii. So, Hawaii, you're, you're good. You know, if you want to go to Hawaii, go to Hawaii. You're, you're not going to get any. Well, I mean, unless you want a hurricane, then you don't need to go to Hawaii. You just need some respite and wonderful, wonderful weather. Got anything else on the tropics? Uh, no. Okay, well, I think it's time to get to the weather school and the weather school this week, uh, which we said is all about meteorological fall versus astronomical fall. Uh, the the first day of the month of the season change. So uh, September, ooh, I didn't check. Is it September 20th or 21st? I, I forgot. Sure. I forgot to check. Here, ask Siri. When is the first day of fall? She says, "Good evening." <laughs> we'll, we'll 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 figure that out during the. When is school. the first day of fall in twenty twenty one? Wednesday, September twenty second. Twenty second. Okay, so September twenty second 
is astronomical fall. That's when, we'll get into this later, but the days are kind of equal and, you know, that kind of thing. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, uh, meteorological fall starts on Wednesday, so let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. We are officially in meteorological fall now. But how does that differ with astronomical fall? Meteorologists and climatologists break down the seasons into groupings of three months based on the annual temperature cycle as well as our calendar. We generally think of winter as the coldest time of the year and summer as the warmest time of the year, with spring and fall being the transition seasons, and that is what the meteorological seasons are based on. Meteorological spring includes March, April, and May. Meteorological summer includes June, July, and August. Meteorological fall includes September, October, and November. And finally, meteorological winter includes December, January, and February. By following the civil calendar and having less variation in season length and season start, it becomes much easier to calculate seasonal statistics from the monthly statistics. Both are which very useful for agriculture, commerce, and a variety of other purposes. The equinoxes mark the time when the sun passes directly above the equator. In the northern hemisphere, the summer solstice falls on or around June 21st, and the winter solstice on or around December 22nd. The vernal or spring equinox on or around March 21st and the autumnal equinox on or around September 22nd. These seasons are reversed, but begin on the same dates in the Southern Hemisphere. The Earth actually travels around the Sun in 365.24 days, so an extra day is needed every fourth year, creating what we know as leap year. This also causes the exact date of the solstices and the equinoxes to vary. Astronomical timing as the basis for designating the temperate seasons dates back at least to the Julian calendar used by the ancient Romans. It continues to be used on many modern Gregorian calendars worldwide, although some countries like Australia, New Zealand, and Russia prefer to use meteorological reckoning. The precise timing of the seasons is determined by the exact times of transit of the sun over the tropics of Cancer and Capricorn for the solstices and the times of the sun's transit over the equator for the equinoxes, or a transitional date close to these times. These astronomical seasons are not of equal length because of the elliptical nature of the orbit of the Earth. From the March equinox, it currently takes 92.75 days until the June solstice, then 93.65 days until the September equinox. 
89.85 days until the December solstice, and finally, 88.99 days until the March equinox. There are also six ecological seasons. First, there's the pre-vernal, early or pre-spring, and that's from February to March. Deciduous tree buds begin to swell. Some types of migrating birds fly from winter to summer habitats. There's vernal, which is spring, and that's from March to late April. Tree buds burst into leaves. Birds establish territories and begin mating and nesting. There's the estival, which is the high summer, and that begins in June in the most temperate climates. Trees are in full leaf. Birds hatch and raise offspring. There's the serotonal, or late summer, and that generally begins mid to late August. Deciduous leaves begin to change color in higher latitude locations, above 45 degrees north. Young birds reach maturity and join other adult birds preparing for autumn migration. The transitional harvest season begins by early September. There's the autumnal, and that generally begins from mid to late September. Tree leaves in full color then turn brown and start falling to the ground. Birds start migrating back to their wintering areas. And finally, there's hibernal, which is winter. It begins in December in mild temperate and November in the cool temperate. Deciduous trees are bare and fallen leaves begin to decay. Migrating birds are settled into their winter habitats. A little fun fact. In the winter, anywhere from January 2nd through January 5th, the Earth is actually closest to the Sun, or what we call periapsis. And on the flip side, in summer, anywhere from July 4th through July 7th, the Earth is farthest away from the Sun, or apoapsis. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. So now you'll know exactly when meteorological seasons occur and astronomical seasons occur. So... Time now to get to the next segment, which is in other news. I've got a couple of things, actually. Um, I saw this, and I wasn't sure if it was completely real. So I went researching, and uh, it's from the New York Times, and then I found uh, a similar article on Yahoo News. So it's going—I think it's important to um, talk about this. So you can go to Yahoo News, you can go to New York Times, I don't have a, a subscription, but scientists fear, scientists fear a critical Atlantic Ocean system might be collapsing, triggering extreme cold and a sea level rise. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to read part of this. Uh, you can read the whole article yourself if you go there. But basically, scientists are worried that the Atlantic meridional Overturning circulation, or AMOC, AMOC, is a critical aquatic conveyor belt that drives currents in the Atlantic Ocean. 
And because of climate change, that is going to probably stop. And a shutdown of this critical circulation system could bring extreme cold to Europe and parts of North America. Reference back to February. It could raise sea levels uh, among the eastern sea, sea, uh, eastern east coast and disrupt seasonal monsoons that provide water to much of the world. Uh, in effects, if short, would be devastating. And it goes on. Uh, it said it would take years of monitoring and data collection to officially confirm this slowdown, but there is a degree of jeopardy associated with waiting for that proof, the scientists say, besides possible consequences like a <laughs> cold blob. I thought that was interesting mm. in the ocean. Uh, south of Greenland, we are already being felt. Frighteningly, if the system does devastatingly shut down, the switch off would be irreversible in human lifetimes. So if this actually happens, uh, we ain't, we're not going to be able to restart it. And it says it's one of those events that should not happen, and we should try all that we can to reduce greenhouse gas emissions as quickly as possible. This is a system we do not want to mess with. So you can read further stuff on that. You got something? That just sounds scary to me. It sounds very scary. And this is something that, uh, you know, we've talked about climate change. We've heard about climate change for years. Uh, we need to start... Actually I mean, taking it seriously. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are steps being made, but it's going faster than, than we're thinking about it. So we won't get it. Maybe we'll do a podcast on climate change at some point. We'll, we'll, we'll divide our audience listeners. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's that. Plus, something fun... My mother saw two walking sticks today. You know what a walking stick is? I've seen several people posting pictures of them. I've been seeing them out at Silver Dollar City, too. Yeah. I haven't seen any this year in person, but I've seen pictures. Well, I wonder, I've tried to do some research on that. It's like they're they're out, and I don't know why. Uh, Are they not normally out this time of year? I don't know. Mom says she hasn't seen one since, like, 2017. <clears throat> I mean, we always saw them when we lived kind of near the woods, but... Well, they're very good at concealing their That's identity. That's true. You don't always just see <gasps> That's them. That's true. That is very, very you true. You really see them when they show up like next to your door. You know, one thing I've noticed an increased amount of at work and at home are humongous horse flies. Humongous. <clears throat> oh, I haven't seen those yet. They're the size oh. of horses. And then they'll <laughs> land on your That's head flying. in the pool. <laughs> they will, and they, they hurt. They like to fly around the pool, and they like to hover We have them get in, in, around the... Lights uh, oh. leading into the cave. And, oh, right. Yeah, but pretty, don't the bats eat those, though? Mosquitoes, not a horsefly. These horseflies are almost as big as the oh. bats. Yeah, oh, these horseflies oh could take the bats. Gosh. Oh. oh. They're huge. And another thing I've seen an abundance of are cicadas lately. Oh, my. I have never seen so many, like, actually landing. And, you know, you hear them, but now this year I'm seeing them. But I've I was at, and seen them both. But year. I was at the disc golf course yesterday out at Iserman Park. And, uh, no, two days ago with my buddy Phil, and there's a, uh, there's a, a tree, like a tree fence that you have to get through, you know, when you throw the disc through to get to the next hole. And we, we, we walked towards the tree fence and we saw there's some carcasses, cicada carcasses on there. I mean, right. we're seeing, and I haven't seen one of those in a long time. So is this brood? 19 or whatever. I don't think it's I don't think it's part of the brood, the big brood. Just the, one of the strays. The 17 year, you know, there's yeah. always going to be cicadas around, you know. It's, 
Just not the swarm that everybody's right. talking about. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you know, I did do a little research, though, on walking sticks. So I've got five little fun facts. I know Shara doesn't have those fun facts, so I'm just going to tell those. Five little fun facts about walking sticks. And this is basically for my mother, because she she saw one today uh, on... Uh, she was trying to get into the garage, and there was like a big one. She sent me a picture. It was really cool. And then she said there was another one that she saw, too. So basically, generally... Walking sticks range from 1 to 12 inches. The largest one recorded 12 is... 12 inches? But the largest one recorded is 25 inches. And if Holy you go to Wikipedia, cow. it shows it. Even it's, 12 inches, It's though, on this person. That's a big old honking stick. It's on this person. I've only seen like little, you know, yeah, 5 like, and 6 inch ones. Right, yeah, like little ones. And uh, it says they look just like sticks, duh. But sometimes they sway back and forth. As to resemble a twig moving in the wind. That's how they can... Ca- uh, yeah. Uh, what's the word Camouflage. I'm looking for? Camouflage themselves. Right. Um, the adults are nocturnal, but the young are diurnal. So the adults go out at night, but the young go out in the daytime. It's just like adults with kids, you know? When they're trying <laughs> to sleep, they're up. That's right. <laughs> just the other way. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They've been uh, out all night, and they're trying to sleep, and the kids are ready to play. And the the last little fun fact is something that Corey touched upon. The the walking stick's biggest predator is bats, because bats hunt by echolocation rather than sight, so they can't so be they fooled. they can find them. They, yeah. yeah. So those little walking sticks start moving. Those bats are like, okay, I know gotcha. where you're at. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. So, Mom, there you go. You got some little fun facts. That's all I got. Corey, you got anything? I'm going to have to Google the picture of this 24-inch. Yeah, it's on Wikipedia. Yeah. I have breaking news. Oh. Come on. Okay. What do you have? Well, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, our friends down in Little Rock, they just announced that on January 1st, they're going to be managing the water coming out of Beaver Dam a little bit differently. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. These changes are required because of uh, the increased frequency of high water events in the White River Basin has experienced over the past two decades. And the growing population downstream of Beaver Dam. Now, they want the public to know that the dam is not at risk of imminent catastrophic failure. However, the increased... (laughs) The increase of precipitation has regularly increased the amount of time Beaver Lake stays in the flood pool, which increases the risk to the population living below Beaver Dam. Okay. So they're not going to hold on to water as long during spring rains. They're going to be releasing it more often, which is going to... Flow right into Table Rock. It's a domino effect, right. Which will flow right into Bull Shoals. So, you know, they did an inspection in 2016, and they found the need that for this uh, to happen. Now, they're saying there's no imminent risk of a of, uh, a dam break or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, there's like mitigating but stuff. But they do yeah. risk assessments all the time. And they better. <laughs> they think that... They need to start releasing from Beaver Lake more regularly. Okay. Now, I don't know if you know this. the answer to this question. You, you mentioned before they hang on to water. 
before they re- th- as they release it. I guess what yes. you're saying is that they're saying they're not going to hang on to that water a lot. There, if it fills up, they're actually going to release it more uh, readily into correct. Okay, into Taney Como. The new protocol not is to release. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more release into Table Rock. Okay. Okay. Which you would think would be a domino or a chain reaction effect. Right, because that's going to raise Table Rock. Correct. And then, I wonder if they're going to raise the Power Pool, because I know they raised Power Pool of Bull Shoals. It was like 640, then it was 650, now it's like 670. Well, it changes throughout the year. Oh, okay. The uh, the flood pool changes throughout the year. Gotcha. Uh, for, for all lakes. In the winter, it's much lower than in the... Summer. Okay. That's why we need to have Megan Terry on. I've got to call yeah. her. Got to email Megan Terry, hydrology, hydrology expert at the National Weather Service. Get her on the podcast. Anyway, yes. That's pretty much it. Just expect more releases out of Beaver Lake, which could raise Table Rock. And, and a lot of people are concerned, not about Table Rock, but Bull Shoals. Because Bull, Bull Shoals, Shoals is always okay. flooded. Yeah, you know, I was out there the other day. Uh, well, last week actually, and uh, it's it's actually down. Yeah. Uh, the good. the uh, spillway at uh, Power Site was not running, and there was like quite a bit of uh, distance between, mm-hmm. you know. So I mean, so it, it has been down. Of course, we've been in these stretch of dry days too, so that would make sense to this. And you can always go and check lake levels at our website at stormdarweather.com and click lake levels. And you got all five of them on there, right? Beaver, Taney Como, no, Beaver, Table Rock, Taney Como, Bull Shows, and... In the, on the White River, there's only four lakes. Oh, yeah, on the White. But you got... Uh, but I have some in Oklahoma, too. That's it. Is it Neosho River? Is that it? Neosho River in runs into, into... The Neosho okay. and the Spring River form Grand Lake in Okay, Oklahoma. but that's a different... Water aquifer or whatever. That's the Tulsa. The Tulsa thing. Army Corps of Engineer that flows into the Arkansas River. White River flows directly into the Mississippi River. Okay, so it gets to Bull Shoals, and Bull Shoals goes into the White River. The White River, which goes into Bull Shoals, is the last lake on the White River. Okay. Before it hits the Mississippi. So White Beaver, Table Rock, Tammy Como, Bull Shoals. White, Mississippi. Correct. Hey, I got it. I got to give myself one. Give, give myself. Did I just lapse into like English or something? Or I don't know. Okay, so I got it. Yay. I got it. Good job. <laughs> okay. Is that all you got? But it's causing a lot of uh, concern for sure. Well, I mean, if they do it correctly, it shouldn't cause a lot of concern. Correct. And because going downstream, if all the other, you know, lakes kind of go with it, it shouldn't be much because the Mississippi, my God, well, we don't we don't need any more hurricanes coming up because mm-hmm. I'm sure the Mississippi's probably going to be pretty inundated right now. Okay. Well, I that's think all I got. It's probably time to get to the next segment. Get ready to get educated in Shara's Fun Facts. It's time for Shara's Fun Facts. She's over there diligently looking on her phone for all the fun facts that um, she stored. Saved earlier. Yeah, saved earlier. So, Shara. Hey, some of them go all the way back to 5 o'clock this afternoon. Oh, my goodness. 
I think I, I texted you something too, like an hour ago or two hours ago. I don't know. So <laughs> I forgot to look at that. Oh, uh, we you kind of want it. Well, if you don't, then I'll just say well, it. We'll get to the end and I'll try. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, Shara, dazzle us with your knowledge. So, we're not going to do fun facts this week because these aren't very fun, but they're interesting facts. Okay. Because of all the hurricanes happening, I looked up hurricanes. Hurricanes are large, spiraling, tropical storms that can pack wind speeds of over 160 miles per hour and unleash more than 2.4 trillion gallons of rain a day. Wow. I didn't save this one on here, but I did look up the word hurricane. Mm -hmm. comes from the word Huracan, who was like the god of storm and wind and the god of Hura, <laughs> the god of Cain. Well, another version said it was an Indian, old native Indian term for the spirit of wind and strong and all this good stuff. So anyway, okay, that's where we get the word hurricane. Okay, the deadliest U.S. hurricane on record was a Category Four storm. That hit the island city of Galveston, Texas on September 8th, 1900. Ooh. Some 8,000 people lost their lives when the island was destroyed by 15-foot waves and 130-mile-per-hour winds. And how accurately could they really measure that back in 1900? Yeah, that's kind of history, so I'm waiting on Corey to chime in on this one. It could have been worse than that. It's 1900? Yeah. 1900. It, but, but and they, they had no warning system, that's so the point. that's yeah. why 8,000 people died, because they didn't see it coming. It looks like a storm coming. They had something. They didn't have sophisticated they what they had, I mean, but they had the, they could see it out the there, signal cores yeah. from the Army that... Knew something was coming, but they didn't have, they didn't know where it was going to make landfall, and that's why you didn't have. That's why you have the high death tolls. Right. Yes, back then they a lot couldn't, of the death couldn't tolls escape. Were. Right. Um, hurricane winds can reach speeds up to 200 miles per hour. This is strong enough to rip up grown trees from the ground and destroy buildings. Of course, we knew that. They cause extremely heavy rain. A hurricane can unleash more than 9 trillion liters or 2.4 trillion gallons of rain per day. Okay. The weather in the eye of a hurricane is usually calm. At the center of a mature hurricane, air sinks rather than rises. For a sufficiently strong storm, air may sink over a layer deep enough to suppress cloud formation, thereby creating a clear Ah, that's it. Okay. The most violent winds and heaviest rains take place in the eye wall, which is just around the eye. Yeah. It's the cloudy outer edge of the eye of a hurricane. The wind speeds are the greatest. Air rises most rapidly and clouds reach their highest altitude. Mm. A large hurricane, this one I thought was cool, can release the energy of an atomic bomb... Every two seconds. Oh, my gosh. Like, every two seconds. An atomic bomb? The energy of an atomic bomb. That's powerful. A fully developed hurricane can release heat energy at a rate of 5 to 20 by 10 to the 13th power watts. (laughs) Wow, you're talking like technical stuff. I ain't doing the math, so... (laughs) It's a lot. Okay. <laughs> and converts less than 10% of the heat into mechanical energy of the wind. The heat release is equivalent to a 10 megaton. 
Okay. Um, oh, wow. It, so, Little Boy was the name of the atomic bomb dropped on Japanese city of Hiroshima on August 6, 1945, during World War II. Exploded with the energy of approximately 15 kilotons of TNT. So, if you think... Holy crap! So, and, you know, the, the heat of the hurricane is a 10 megaton so like imagine that every two seconds like the energy of that atomic bomb like that's just crazy to me i was like wow that's power nature is wild man. yeah typhoon tip was the largest hurricane ever recorded it occurred in 1979 in the northwest pacific with a diameter of around uh, 1,380 miles. Wow. Typhoon Tip was the biggest hurricane and also the most intense tropical storm ever recorded. Had it happened over the U.S., it would have stretched from Dallas to New York City. Oh, wow. That's really? enormous. Uh, Typhoon Tip generated peak wind speeds of three Hundred kilometers per hour, or 186 miles per hour. Okay, it was 186. Just, it, so it wasn't like the fastest speeds, but it was huge. It wow. was just massive. Yeah. Um, we all know hurricanes are given names by the World Meteorological Organization, so they can be distinguished. Each year, tropical storms are named in alphabetical order according to a list produced by the WMO. That name stays with the storm if it develops into a hurricane. And the names can only be repeated after six years. Unless. Unless, right. <laughs> it becomes a very destructive big storm. And then they will retire the name. So Wilma, Katrina, Andrew, Mitch, and Sandy have all been retired. I'm sure there's others, but that was a few. Tons of others. I was going to say, I'm sure there's tons of others. Yeah, but, but that's sort of like. Those the, are the ones in our lifetime yeah, that, that we, we can remember. Know, right? <laughs> there's a few every year. Like there will be no probably be no Ida again. There'll probably be no right. You know, I bet you're right. Yeah. I bet Ida's going to be or retired. Ivan, Surely. even or Ivan was gone a while back. Now yeah. there, there was uh, what? What were the two that went up Florida a couple of years ago? Oh shoot, what's the name of you? you know, they all run together. I know. say I like get them all confused, but Iris, Irene, I don't know. Irene, that seems like one that was. Yeah. Um, the 1970s. Bola cyclone was the deadliest hurricane in history. I was getting confused reading all these facts because we had the largest hurricane, the largest one to hit the U.S. This oh, one's right. the deadliest. The deadliest, okay. Um, it was a devastating tropical cyclone that struck East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, Ooh. and India's West Bengal on November 3rd, 1970. Between 150,000 and 300,000 people lost their lives. Sources later have said as many up to 500,000 That's insane. lives were lost with that hurricane. 1970. That's like wow. took out half a continent. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it has officially been declared the world's all-time deadliest weather event. Weather event, okay. Not just a hurricane. It was the deadliest weather yeah. event yeah. by the World Meteorological Organization. Jupiter's great red spot is the largest storm in the solar system. 
Jupiter has a giant hurricane, which has been going on for over 350 years. Yes. If you look at a map, you can see it's a great big red spot. They said it is starting to finally die down. Oh, really? It's. I mean, it's starting to break apart on the edges. Oh, I didn't know that. But it's still going. Okay. Over 350 years. Massive hurricane. Craziness. Wow. No, I had no idea it was starting to like morph or whatever yeah yeah i read somewhere where it said pieces on the edges were starting to break off but yeah it's still but yeah oh wow the i named storms are the most common retired named storms yeah i that is cool which is you know irene or ivan and ivan <laughs> yeah isa is no louisiana becomes the first U.S. state to record a 150-mile-per-hour hurricane in back-to-back years. Yeah. And Louisiana has had three Category 3 landfalls in the past two years. It's like the only state. And now Category 4. Yeah. Yeah. Which is bigger than Katrina was when it hit Louisiana. Katrina downgraded to a 3 right before it hit Louisiana. Yeah. And I, I wonder if Katrina was going through some kind of... Uh, yeah. Something. It was. She was going through. She. It was going she through was something. Going through some, it she, was a, she was going through something. She was awfully dramatic. Because it reached <laughs> she a five. pulled it together when it she got five, the land. It was a five in the goal. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, Katrina. Katrina was major she hurricane. Down at that time point. she hit land. Yeah, but yeah. So so I looked uh, the origin of hurricane, and you were right on target. It says here that it probably the Taino. Hurricane, whatever. Uh, yeah, I read that. That was the Native American God one. of the storm. Yes. God of the storm, which kind of makes sense. I mean, hurricane would be... Okay, but I wonder what typhoon, origin... Let me look at typhoon. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Typhoon. Okay, origin of typhoon. Uh, since this is such a wonderful uh, podcast, professional podcast. Oh, it's Ar- Portuguese and Arabic comes from Greek. The Greek... Chufon, which means whirlwind, reinforced by the Chinese dialect. I can't do that. <laughs> but basically, it all translates to big wind. Yeah. That was like all the translations I read, whether Native American or Greek or whatever. Storm of the God or wind. It was yeah. all, yeah, God of the storm. What's the other one? We have hurricane. Spirit of the storm. Well, now, cyclone. I don't think cyclone. That's probably a modern that, word we well, made That's up. a generic one, though. In the, that's tornado. That's a tornado pre nineteen fifty. Ooh, this is probably from Greek. Wheel, coil of a snake. And thus we get the tornado. Wow! Yeah, from kuklos k u k l o s means circle. Uh, the change of spelling from m to m is unexplained, but basically Greek kukloma means wheel, coil of ooh, coil of snake. That's interesting. No, I think that's kind of fascinating, actually. Okay, I'm going to close Safari now. Um, <laughs> so that's all your fun facts you got there? That's all I got. Oh, well. You look like you're going to say something, Corey. Are you no, something? no. You're not? You're I just... just thought those were amazing. They weren't fun, though. Yeah, they weren't fun. but Yeah, but they were They were, were in- interesting. informative. So Shara's informative facts. Okay, <laughs> there we go. All right, let's, let's get to the last They were weather-related, though. Get... <laughs> I really... It's the weather word of the week. And it's time for the Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week. And I threatened both 
Corey, Corey and share it with their lives if they actually said this word. Because uh, <laughs> you know first... it comes up in my daily conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I it, it does relate. This this the whole thing is like a hurricane. This whole podcast is hurricane related. So uh, anyway, so share what is this week's storm dry weather weather word of the week? Moat. Which I always just thought was you know the little thing that went around a castle. Right. Yeah. I mean, most people say, you know, moat, but uh, in weather, it's a little different. So Which what makes is, sense. Yeah. So what does moat mean? A moat in a tropical cyclone is a clear ring outside the eyewall or between concentric eyewalls, characterized by substance, slowly sinking air, and little or no precipitation. The moat between eyewalls is an area in the storm where the rotational speed of the air changes greatly in proportion to the distance from the storm center. These areas are also known as rapid filamentation zones. Yes. So it's still, it's a ring around, you know, same as a moat around a castle. Yeah, exactly. And, um... And we talked about this, or I talked about this, right at the beginning of the podcast, when a hurricane goes through an ERC. Remember what ERC was? It's been I a long time ago. Close. Something. I, oh, okay, no. I will re... Uh-huh. Keep I going. I can't, oh, you I can't gonna... think of it. It's the I will re... It's remaking it. Remember, Corey? What's the word? Re... Corey's asleep over there. Already talking to me. Yeah, Corey, wake up. I will re- <laughs> replacement cycle. There you what go. I will replacement. Replacement. I was like, uh, re- yes. I will regeneration cycle. Right. Yeah. What happens uh, it, when I was uh, saying earlier in the in right at the beginning of the podcast when the, the I will gets so intense and it starts collapsing and then that second outer eye wall starts developing well the space between the inner eye wall and the outer eye wall is a calmer area and it is called the moat so the first one starts dying and the second one comes along like i got you yeah i've got you i'm gonna eat you <laughs> no really that's what it's saying i, I, I got eat- your back yeah, I'm going I'm to eat you because the second one starts getting stronger, r- robs the energy of the inner eye wall, but the moat is in the middle of that. But what will change in the next 20 to 50 years oh, when geez. it comes to these tropical systems? Because he's getting philosophical. These bombogenesis storms are almost, you know, in August and September, it's almost a normal thing now. They're, they're becoming very common now. It's so not, what's it's not, next is what my question is. Wow. Um, I, I, I it's hear not, you. It can't be a, it can't <laughs> be a good thing. No, no, I, I hear you. Deep because, thoughts with Corey. Yes. No, but he's exactly right. Because what we would have a bombogenesis maybe one every few years. Now we're getting a bombogenesis one every few storms. Yeah. I mean, this is so... Becoming so commonplace now with all of this. If they go into the Caribbean or Western Caribbean into the Gulf, mm-hmm. they always bomb out in, in August, September. If you're going to have even in. But they're doing it more Eastern, now. East of Florida, you're going to have a bomb too. You know, you're not as concerned about those storms that are just you know the drunken sailor out there right you know, but, like cage just gonna right. kind of stay out there but you're right and i saw i had this graphic and i didn't post it but i should have posted it um where they were saying they were talking about ida and they were showing the actual sea 
temperature, Gulf of Mexico temperatures. Yeah, low 80s, mid 80s, upper 80s. Yeah. And the, it was moving right into this mid 80s. And that's where that thing that's just the, bombed. That's the prime breeding ground for these things. Oh, yeah. And upper 80s was close to the shore. So right. it's, the more it moved, the more it got into this rich. And the, the thing about it is there was low shear. Now, we, we've mm-hmm. talked about this before, too. We like shear when it's in storm season, but not hurricane season. Shear will tear apart a hurricane, but shear will promote severe weather. I know. You know, we're kind of getting, we're going to be going into the second severe weather season. You're correct. Yes. So you need to quit your job. You need to make your wife work. And then. uh, Hey, now. Hey. (laughs) What side are you on? (laughs) Well, but Corey and I have to go into this. She says I don't work. Well, no. Well, no, you work, you work at the, at the pool. But she, she can help out. That's. And she may have to help out before too long. Yeah. I'm going to have to train you or Corey's going to have to train you how to post to our thing because if i'm at show or i'm gone because i'm gonna be gone you know i mean it's basically christmas already you know in branson it's almost (laughs) (laughs) hello thanksmas (laughs) it's not even halloween but you know what my mother i brought my mother up last week i think uh did i tell you Mm -hmm. i mentioned she had her birthday so i brought her up got her hair did and we went to lowe's now this is August. They had you all didn't even take her to Menards. Come on. I mean, come on. No, I didn't. She wanted to go to Lowe's. She Menards she knew what she wanted. Yeah, but she knew what she wanted. She wanted to go it's to just Lowe's. Just right across the street. Yeah, but I didn't tell her. I wanted. Hey, she got her hair. She did know it. what she wanted. She's she the queen. Menards. I'm going to take her wherever she wants to go. So we went. We went and got stuff at uh, at Lowe's. But uh, I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? That the Christmas stuff was already. out. Oh no! What actually Halloween stuff was already out. Well, it, duh, that's coming up. It's August. Hello. Sam's <laughs> already has their Christmas stuff out. You are kidding. I I'm remember kidding. Uh, the year we got married. It's August. We bought our first Christmas tree as a married couple in August. You're kidding me. We got married in July and we went to a Walmart or somewhere in August. They had their Christmas trees out. We needed one, so we bought one. See, I'm from the school... On Black Friday, right after Thanksgiving, then you put up your tree and your lights. Well, we didn't put it up, but they were for sale, so we bought them. Well, right, right. Oh, I'm surprised Walmart. I'm surprised Valentine's stuff is not yet. I grew up <laughs> with live trees, so we weren't allowed to put them up till like Me too. a week and a half before Christmas. Me too. Then when I got married, like I wanted my tree up, so yes, we started the whole weekend after Thanksgiving. We would put our tree up, like the fake tree. But then last year with COVID and everybody being stuck on, I no, we may have put it up in September for all I know. Oh, it was like let's get this sucker up, let's get this year over. You know, with. I had my first tree last year. Was my first tree I've had in years, decades, almost decades. I mean, it was kind of fun. I mean, wrapping all the boxes—they're all empty, but putting presents around them, getting the festive spirit, and it's like, yeah, whatever. It just makes the house so much homier when you got the yes, Christmas lights and. Yeah, okay. All you need is a dog. No, I've got five kids. Okay, there. Oh, there, okay, there you go. <laughs> well, I think uh, we're at the end of the podcast already. Man, I love doing this. We talked fast. I don't think people would like us if we did a four hour podcast. Probably not. I don't think you would I think like we'd it. Lose them. <laughs> You'd lose me. 
have a safe and happy Labor Day next week. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah, we're going to have to... We, uh, are we going to have a podcast next week? Are we going to take a break? Well, or I'm what are we going to do? Anywhere. Are you going to be around? I, I didn't well, even think I, about I, that. I have a thing happening that day. That day? Okay. What would that be? Well, I have to work for one. Yeah. But then I have to go right from work to a special meeting. Share it. It's you and me. I'm, I'm sorry. Where's this? Who are you meeting with? It's fantasy football draft night. Oh, good Oh, grief. it is. Oh. Hey, Randy, we're going to have to get together because he's going to be gone. All, all right. right. Okay, Shara, you and I are doing the podcast We'll do next the week. podcast without him. We'll do it. I, I don't think I have a show next week. I think at some point we go and do, we'll talk Normally after I would go to Oklahoma, but um, my son told me today that he's coming here, so. there. You, well, then you have to bring him. He'll or probably be not. gone by Monday. Oh, okay. I go home Monday. Well, we we will talk about next. I totally forgot that next week was was Labor Day. Snuck thanks, up on us. Yeah, thanks for for saying that, Corey. Now you just sparked an entire conversation. Whole new conversation. Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> well, we'll figure that out between now and next week. So uh, I don't know. Meanwhile, it's going to be kind of summery, and there could be some showers and thunderstorms next weekend, but nothing's looking really really good. So, you got anything else to add besides Labor Day? No. No. <laughs> he set up their awful click. I was waiting for something. It's like, mm, no. <laughs> I'm just thinking meteorological falls in two days. Yes. Things are going to start cooling off. And, and I'm so looking forward to it this year, more than I have in the past for some reason. We've had a hot too. summer. We haven't had all those 100-degree yeah. days, but it's been hot and humid, you know? We've had our share of heat advisories. I'm ready and I'm, I'm not, I have something to say. Okay. What's that? I'm not. You're talking already. Well, <laughs> I have something to say. And You're Shara interrupting is, yourself. Shara's going to chime in on You're this one. You're telling yourself to Uh-oh. hush so you can well, talk. Shara's going to chime in on this one. Okay. Are you ready oh, for this? Here we go off the rails. Okay. I've had so many people post on Facebook that fall has already started. Oh, God. Oh. Because all these leaves are falling. We They're talked about this color. last week. The fall, yeah. the leaves are dead. They're dead. They're brown. They're dry. They're yeah, not, they're this is dead. Not fall. They're not fallish. And yet. I say that to say this: I'm not expecting any color this year for the actual fall. It's been fall. too dry. It's way we're not in yeah. a drought. No, but, but it's, it's been, been too, too hot dry. and dry. Oh, we didn't do the drought thing, but I yeah. have. Been, I've been monitoring the drought. It hasn't really yeah. changed much. We've had those poppers. I looked we're outside not our window today, and poppers a, don't do anything. To help. Pop, no, yeah. that doesn't wet. But I looked yeah. outside today, and there was a bush across the street that was completely brown, and I was like, "Look, honey, it's fall." <laughs> No. No, yeah. it's dead. But I wish yeah. people understood when they post on Facebook, and I'm not naming you know, the weatherman in him. Is just, it just shows their intelligence of, you know, <laughs> leaves start to change when you have nights in the 40s that changes the Ooh, that, that activates nice. the chloroform to stop being green. It's getting scientific. Now. So that's not what's happening right now. Agreed. They're just dying. They're just. It's yeah. just hot outside. Basically. It's hot and it's dry. We need a good rain. We do. Well, maybe that invest, what'd you say, invest 57? Yeah, I don't know, whatever. It's way no, out No, that one there. off of Africa. I mean, it, it, yeah. Who knows where that's going to go. And, yeah, it may not do anything. Right. You know, but right now it has a good chance of doing something. Yes, we need something before it starts turning cooler in order to get any color. It's, well, now so, would be the time to get that rain in order to ensure a colorful fall. Yeah. And we really haven't had that colorful of a fall 
in a long time. It's been years. Yeah. I have to go look because you had that wonderful, wonderful thing where you took off of the high road. But, but that was like seven, 16 or 17. That was a long time no, ago. No, that was longer than that. No, we'll have to go back on that. That was about 2012 or 2013. Oh, is it that long that ago? Way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How can I? How can I go back there? Here, you keep talking. I'm going to go check. Great. No, I can't. It's going to take well, too long. Well, I, I lived right off the high road at the time, so I know when I lived. Oh, over there. okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Do you know when you lived there? I I, re- I recall. <laughs> Maybe. And it was around Halloween that I took those pictures. Oh, it was yeah. okay. So they were they were beautiful, and that's really the last time we've had a great colorful fall. Oh, I know. Oh, God, this is going to take way too long to go through. And we'll show that next week. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about, yeah, oh, yeah, this is going to talk about, yeah. So, you have to join in next week to the podcast. I don't see any. I'm looking at my photos, and I'm not Okay, we'll, we'll post it in the we'll comments, because it <laughs> it. it's going to take forever to, and we're already like, ooh, we're, like two, two, we're an hour and 20 in there, so. Time okay. Bed. Other than that, do you have anything else, Corey? I do not. And Chera, have you? I'm good. You you, you dazzled us out. I'm all out of amazing information. Oh, there you go. (laughs) All right, well, I hate to say it, but we probably better wrap this thing up then. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like and follow our page, and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. Whatever I said. <laughs> you can always contact contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website at stormdarweather.com. October 31st, 2013. 2013. Eight years ago. Corey is awesome. Okay. Well, now that we know that, I think that does it for this time. So join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.